Edumagicians, welcome to the Edumagic Podcast with your host, Dr. Sam Fesich. Dr. Sam is a professor of education, author of Edumagic, and a pumpkin spice latte fan. This podcast is designed for pre-service teachers. Remember, friends, teaching doesn't begin at graduation, but during that first class at 8 a.m. Let's get this party started. Hey, y'all, I'm Casey Bell from the Shake Up Learning Show, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Edgy Magic Podcast. My name is Dr. Sam Fesich, and today I have teacher, author, singer, amazing educator all around, Dean Ganey here with me today. And he's going to be sharing about the importance of finding your why as a future teacher. Dean, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to be on. I'm excited that you're on. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this all summer, and I'm so excited to have you join us. Before we get started into talking about the importance of finding our why in education, can you share about your teaching journey, where it's led you, all the different paths you've taken, and where you are today? Wow. Well, um, I will say that I started teaching in 2004 right out of college. Um, I actually got a chance to start teaching at the school that I did my senior internship in. So that was <laughs> exciting. And so I taught at Lakemont Elementary. So four, four different schools, four diverse schools in the Orange County, Orlando, Florida area, and really got a chance to see what it was like to you know teach kids, you know, different different learning levels, different experiences that they had. I had the opportunity to also work with students that were in a in a, what you call like a magnet kind of program uh, uh, inside of the elementary school uh, mm-hmm. as well. I had some charter school experience. I worked at two different charter schools and then ended up coming right back to public school again to work with students in, in Orlando. And now I have the opportunity to move into a middle school experience for the very first time and to be able to work with students at that level. I've been teaching for 14 years, going into year number 15, which is... Congratulations. <laughs> exciting and like when did that happen at the same time um (laughs) i really do not feel like um i have been teaching for that long i'm still excited and passionate about what i do and so as a as a teacher you know i definitely have had varied experiences which i believe have have helped me on the along this path at least the journey if, if you will and i'm just really excited that that those experience were able, experiences were able to be captured uh, in written form even, sharing you know, different kinds of things that I have picked up along the way that have sort of added, been added as tools in my toolbox to be able to do what I do in the classroom and beyond. Now, you said you're going into year 15 of teaching, but not only have you been an educator, but you've also been an author. Can you share about your, your writing journey and, and to being a published author? Sure, absolutely. I have, of course, written a few things. I guess I'll start with the fact that Edumatch Publishing with Dr. Sarah Thomas, she has made it possible for 
several in- individuals to be able to sort of crowdsource uh, Edumatch publications, Edumatch Snapshot in Education for 2016, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. Uh, I was involved in all three of those, several chapters, Ever-Changing Nature and Needs, Celebrating Diversity and Building a Community, and The Student Touring Classroom were chapters that were written in those three books. So she opened the door to sharing about things that you felt passionate about, things you felt strongly about, things that you've had experience with as an educator. And so that definitely was an opportunity for me to sort of get the juices flowing in terms of writing. However, I had also been blogging uh, starting, I think, May May 2015. I started blogging just about different educational topics that I really, really wanted to, to sort of dive in and get my thoughts on paper and really share about. And interestingly enough, those blog posts became, at least the first, I guess I would say six of them, became the first six chapters of Journey to the YNU that was published in April of 2018. That's so cool. <laughs> and, and That's so, so cool. And so I, I was, I just had a conversation with Dr. Dr. Sarah Thomas and I didn't even consider the fact that that might be something that other people thought or would, would benefit from. But kind of the conversation that we had made me think about the possibility of those blogs being expanded and turned into chapters. And then, of course, once I did that, the last five chapters just it's almost like it came it came to mind. It, it just it, it flowed from that point. And I'm just so grateful that Journeys of the Y was able to be published in 2018. And so when I think about that book, it's really a collection of my own experiences as an individual, but as an educator as well. Mm-hmm. And and the importance of the journey, the importance of opportunities to reflect, the importance of just really taking the time to consider everything and not just walking aimlessly down this teaching road, but everything matters. Everything has a purpose and everything has a, a role to play in us really understanding our why. I I agree 100%. I love how you said everything has a purpose and in, in the role that we play. And this is a podcast for future educators. So they might be in college classes. Maybe they're in their gen eds and like, oh, this, this does not apply to me. This is not my teaching. This is not my passion. But it's so important to find that why early in your education career. So why... Why do we need to find a why? That was a weird question to ask, but why do we need to find our why in education? Why do we need to have that early on to help drive us and push push us forward? Well, I, I like to, I'll paint, sort of paint the picture with an analogy, and I like to use these kinds of analogies. If I needed to go grocery shopping, I would not go to the store without an idea of what it was that I needed to buy. Now, that doesn't mean I don't go and buy additional things that I didn't plan on buying. That typically happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to have a plan. I have to have a purpose for actually going to the store. Otherwise, it might be a wasted trip. It might be just <laughs> you know gas that I'm spending or wasting for no reason. And so the why is important because the why drives the who, the what, the when, the where. It informs all of those other WH questions, I like to say, mm-hmm. because it forms the foundation and for why, or for the for the the stance or the direction or the journey uh, that you will take in life. It forms that very foundation for it. It gives you something to circle back to, to cycle back to, even when the days get hard, when the yes. when, when the times get challenging, when even on the very good days, you know, it's a good way to go back to that 
and reflect on, okay, this, this, this went well. I, I really like the way that this went, but this thing over here didn't. But because of my why, right, because of this purpose or this foundation that I have, I know that I can choose a different a, way, a different way to approach this next time. It, it, it almost acts as a motivator to, you know, you, you cycle back to that why and it keeps you going even in the difficult days. Absolutely. It really does. Is it common for our why to change? So if we stick with your grocery store analogy, say we want to stop at Aldi's and we want to go to... I'm gonna, First, I want to say them all, but I know those probably don't exist anymore. <laughs> say when they hit up three different stores, does our why change? Uh, if we if we were to go with that analogy, does our why change throughout our teaching career or throughout our teaching journey? And is that okay if it changes? Well, I believe that there is a strong possibility that your why can be changed. And I'll say that in the sense of totally transformed. I can say that in the sense of added to. Mm. I can say that in the sense of maybe taking a part of it out or perfecting it. Maybe you start out with a, a, a general example or a general why, but as you continue to walk forward, it becomes more uh, intense or more complex based on your experiences. Uh, and I think that's totally acceptable mm. to alter your why because we are truly on a journey as individuals, as educators, what we do is not about one day. What we do is yes. not about an hour of, or a moment of our lives. It's about our decision, right, to walk this road. And down this road, we're going to, we're going to encounter many, many things that are so good, right? We're going to encounter some good things. We're going to encounter uh, things that are that are very challenging. We're going to encounter those days where it might seem like, oh my gosh, I really don't know why I did this. But really having that, having that why, right, is going to be that moment where you can say, yes, I do. You know, even, even in those most difficult days, you can circle back to that why and say, that's why I started this. That's why, that's why I decided to do this. And if I can really think about this thing that I'm going through, and figure out, okay, why, why did this obstacle arrive? What can I take away from it that might help me to, again, perfect my why, right? But also give me the strength and the courage and the, the mojo to keep going. <laughs> yes, I, I am loving all of this. Dean, and I appreciate you sharing your passion for finding our why, but how do we even get started with it? It sounds like a huge philosophical question that maybe we tackle early in our college career and we never visit again, or like, it's just like, okay, this is so big. I don't even know what the first step to take is. So what are some strategies that you have that we can get started in starting to craft our why for, for our educational journey? And you're right, Sam. It's a, it's a loaded question. Um, yeah, it really is. <laughs> because because I think that there's so many things involved. Like there's, if I were let's say 12 years old, and you asked me what my why was, I may not be able to tell you at that point in my life. Maybe it wasn't clear to me, or maybe it was. I, I do believe strongly, though, that your why is very much so attached to something that you feel passionate or strong or you feel motivates you, something that excites you above and beyond anything else, something that makes you feel fulfilled, that, that sort of 
rocks your world in a good way. I believe that that your why has to be connected to that. Just as a personal example, one of the words I like to associate with what I do on a daily basis is impact. Impact. You know, I've always wanted to make an impact. And what does that mean? Well, that mean that might mean throwing a rock into a, into a, a puddle of water, right? When that rock hits that puddle of water, the water has been impacted by that rock and it's visible. It, there's, there's evidence to say that that rock has been impacted or the water has been impacted by the rock. And so there's many levels of impact. And so I've always wanted to be able to make that impact, even if I never made a lot of money. <laughs> I said, <Right. laughs> I, I've always said, yeah, I may not, as an educator, I may not make a lot of money, but I will make an impact. Mm-hmm. And so looking for those ways to creatively um, and innovatively make an impact. And so that's something that I have adopted as something that, I ha- that that's a part of me. Like if I do nothing else, I've got to do that. If I don't get if I don't get the job I really want or if I don't live in the house I really want or if I don't drive the car I really want, I want to make an impact. I want to walk away with a sense of fulfillment. Hmm. Right. I want to feel like I've accomplished my purpose. And so when I think about identifying a way to find your why, how do we start with? finding our why. We have to identify that thing that we feel is our purpose. We have to identify that thing that we feel motivates us to get up every day and really gives us that energy boost to sort of get started and get going. That's so important because if we can pinpoint that thing, then moving forward with identifying what it's going to take to uh, arrive at that sense of completion or that sense of actualization becomes a little bit easier. And I think that that's going to be your first step from that impact, from that understanding of, okay, this is what I want. I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. I want to have that creative uh, and innovative approach to things and be able to reach people. And so identifying that led me to climb. It led me to my philosophy. It led me to, okay, what can I foster, what can I come up with that will guide this process of my why? And so I, this climb philosophy came from that. I knew I wanted to make an impact. My next question was how? How do I do that? And so I developed the philosophy called CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B-E, CLIMB. Mm-hmm. And each letter in that climb represents a word that is very instrumental in the fulfillment that I desired as a part of my why. And so the C stands for cultivate. The L stands for lead. The I stands for inspire. The M is motivate. The B is build. And the E is empower. And I just a little little caveat there, you know, empower is the last letter of climb. However, it is not the end necessarily just an end goal. It is also something that can be happening throughout the process of climb. I like that. Can you give us an example? Sure. So, for example, cultivate. I'll start with cultivate because I like cultivate. Cultivate <laughs> is the first. <laughs> it's the first step of climb or the first letter of climb. And so, I like to equate this to the ground. 
I've been doing a lot of gardening and planting lately too. And so one of the things I know about the ground is the ground has to be prepared for the seed that you're going to plant. Mm -hmm. And so without turning over that soil, right, without getting that soil ready for the seed, it's likely that that seed may not produce what you're desiring it, it to produce or what it's supposed to produce. And so the ground is like the hearts and the minds and the, the, the individual, the whole individual. When you cultivate the ground, it's like you're cultivating the minds of your students. You're cultivating the hearts of your students. You're getting them ready for the learning that's about to happen. Yes. And so the learning is the learning is like the seed. You're planting a seed in the child and you are hoping that that's going to actualize and become this beautiful flower or this this ripened fruit at some point down the line. And so cultivation is is absolutely necessary as the as the first thing because without the proper environment for um, that seed to develop and become and blossom and become fruitful, right? Then it doesn't matter that you're planting a seed because the environment, if the environment is not appropriate for the seed, the seed will not grow mm -hmm. and develop into what we want it to develop into. Thank you. Thank you for that example. Where can we find more information about CLIMB? Because I feel like this is something that we need to be able to dive deeper into and explore for ourselves. Well, I do talk about climb in chapter two of Journey to the Y and You. It's almost like it follows me everywhere I go now. Everything that I, every opportunity that I have to talk about it, 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 it comes up because it really, it truly has become a part of me. And so definitely you can check it out there. You can find um, out a climb more on my website as well. And then of course, following me on Twitter, you know, I'm always talking about ways to climb and sort of attaching that to everything that I do. Because really, if it's truly my teaching philosophy or my philosophy of life, then I definitely need to be trying to sort of circle back to that at every possible moment. Thank you, Dean. I'll make sure I link to, to the uh, places people can contact you and find out more about CLIMB on our show notes. But you mentioned something interesting. You mentioned the word teaching philosophy. Now, how is that the same or is it different than finding your why? Well, first of all, I think that to answer that question, I think it might be both. <laughs> it might be the same in some regards, but it also is different because the why it's almost the, it's it's almost it's like the foundation that the philosophy sits on. So if I were if mm. I were building something, right, the why would be on the bottom, because the philosophy is based on the why. Um, and so when I think about my philosophy, it is it is because of the reason why. It is because of the reason why that the philosophy was even created. And so the philosophy is something that allows me to identify specific steps I can take to, so for example, to cultivate. I know that in order to cultivate, I need to consider the environment. I need to consider the seed. Mm -hmm. I need to consider the water. I need to consider the sun, right? And I'm, I'm saying those things as natural things, but as far as our students, right, I still need to consider the seed, which is the learning, the water, which is perhaps asking relevant questions or allowing them opportunities to play around with content. The sunlight, the sunlight provides necessary ingredients for that seed in order to thrive. So those things that are connected to that student, I have to consider 
what it's going to take to cultivate. So those actionable steps come from the philosophy and the philosophy comes from the foundation for why. I like that they're connected. They have, there's a relationship there Absolutely. between the philosophy and the why. Absolutely. And so I think without truly honing in on what the why is, I can't really develop a philosophy that makes sense or that connects properly without having a true understanding of what the why is. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like how, I like how you explain how they inter interplay with each other. They, they have a relationship, but they do, they have separate functions, but they are related to one another and helping the teacher define their journey, define their why, define their philosophy of education. And I think, where the philosophy of education comes into play with the why is, is more relates to the how. How does your classroom look? How are you going to use different strategies? How are you going to engage students learning? Do, those types of things. But they are rooted in the why of education. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can we start to live out our why? How can we start to, to show that as future teachers um, in our college careers, how can we start to live that out? How can we show it? How can we embrace our why? Well, I, I believe in the power of of reflection. I also believe in the power of conversation. And so, for example, the power of reflection actually take into time the time to to think about that why. And I, I think it's important to reflect on why it is your why. <laughs> or why you've identified that particular thing as your focus, not necessarily your end goal, but your focus as in this is what I want to make sure that I'm paying attention to along this journey. And so living out that why I think re- requires you, right? It, it, it sort of forces you to think about it often. There's not a day that goes by that I don't consider it. Whether I'm in the classroom, whether I'm working with students or not, I'm always thinking about why. Why equals purpose. Why equals my drive. Why equals this is why I do it. And so I'm always considering that because I'm always uh, uh, trying to think about, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I need to do as connected to my why? I mean, if this is truly the journey, if this is truly a journey, then I'm not going to sit idle on the journey. You know, I'm not going to, you know, sit on the path. I'm going to walk the path. I'm going to, sometimes I'm going to run the path. You know, sometimes I might have to take a branch off and go, you know, to a different, down a different road for a while. And so I think you have to constantly be mindful of of, of what that why is. And so living it out means walking. It means taking steps, thinking about it, using opportunities to continue to hone in on it, learn about it, perfect it, write about it, read about it, using, using that why to sort of think about what your plans are for teaching, like your lesson plans, that why should be embedded in there. Whether you see it or not, it should be embedded in everything that you do as far as living it out. If I want to make an impact, then I'm going to think about that teaching lesson, for example. How can I utilize this particular lesson that I want to teach and accomplish five things at one time or get the most <laughs> get the most bang for my buck? Right. How can students get the most out of this? And if I go in with at, with that kind of question then I'm going to, what I'm going to, I'm going to accomplish two things. Number one, I'm going to open up my own self 
to, oh my goodness, this, this is, this is amazing. The opportunity that I have to open the doors for students to be able to get so much out of this. Right. That's 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 that's, that's going to be a positive. But then you're going to see that your students are going to actually get so much out of what you're doing when you intentionally go into it, thinking about how you can make an impact. Right. It's not just oh, right. I'm gonna d- deliver the content. The content's great. That's that's wonderful. But it's not just about the content. Right. It's more it's, it's, it's about the whole child. It's about making an impact on multiple levels. It's about um, giving this student an opportunity to see that learning uh, is something that can transform their life. You know, learning can happen in many different ways. Learning can happen um, comprehensively inside of one act. For, you know, so lear- what am I saying here? Learning can happen. There's so many things that happen in one moment. Right. Then 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 can happen when you're teaching in isolation. Right. So if I if I'm teaching a lesson in reading, right, there's I, the students might learn uh, from that lesson I'm teaching. But I could also uh, have a lesson where they're you're getting reading, they're getting writing, they're getting math. They're getting all these things inside of that one lesson, which means we're broadening their opportunities uh, for learning because we went into it intentionally looking to make an impact. I like that. Being intentional with your why, being intentional with your impact and having that embedded in things that you do, like lesson delivery, have it embedded in courses that you take, read about it, listen about it. If you're listening to podcasts, watch videos about it. If there's anything about your your passion area, there's so much out there that you can do to immerse yourself in your impact and in your why. Dean, thank you so much. It's been a great, a great conversation. I have one last question for you. Actually, two. This is one related to future teachers. What is one piece of advice that you have for future educators listening today? I would say be open-minded. Walk into that room with an open mind. And when I say open mind, I mean don't don't assume that you have to do things a certain way because maybe that's the way that you saw it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to be mindful of who the students are in our classroom at that present time. Uh, I'm very much so concerned, right? Very much so excited about, very much so focused on the student-driven classroom. And I'd like to make a, a distinction between student-centered versus student-driven. Um, I believe that every classroom, whether it be student or kid, adult, teenager, whoever, every classroom is is supposed to be student centered because it has students in it. If, if there are students in that classroom learning, then every classroom should be student centered. However, a student driven classroom is more of an opportunity because you're allowing in a student driven classroom, you're allowing the students to really drive the teaching and the learning process. And so that means you're paying, you're paying attention to what's going on. You're watching, you're listening to what they're saying. You're engaging in conversations with them. You're looking at even their character and their behaviors, and you're using everything that the students do to drive what you do as the teacher. And when you can do that, there is an innate power in a student-driven classroom that you will not find in any other kind of classroom. And I say that in the sense of if it's student-driven, you open up, you unlock the door um, to so many things. You take the limits off of learning and students will, in more cases than not, they will show you uh, things that you didn't even think possible because you've allowed them 
to own their learning. You've allowed them to drive your teaching and learning process. You've allowed them to drive your reflective process. You've allowed them to spark or re-spark that why you've allowed them to influence your teaching philosophy and maybe developing it along the way. I, it, it, who knows? Your philosophy might also change mm-hmm. along the way as you're, you know, sort of leaning into that student-driven classroom. So again, my advice is focus on the students in the classroom at that time and allow them to drive the learning and teaching process because if they do, they will learn. That was wonderful. Dean, where can people find you online and get and learn more from you about CLIMB, about Journey to the Y and you? Can you share where people can find you and the, the stuff that you write and where we can connect with you? Okay, so I am an Edumatch author, so definitely go to edumatch.org to, um, if you want to find Journey to the Y and You, it is also available on Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble for Journey to the Y and You. My website, again, is available, deangainey.com. You can find loads of information there, including blog posts from previous days, months, and years. I'm also on Twitter, Dean underscore Gainey on Twitter. Definitely follow and connect. I am on Instagram at, at teach teacher. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> teach and then it's T-E-A-C-H-A-A. Uh, I love it. I, I don't know where that came from, but it just kind of stuck. So Instagram and definitely just uh, try to connect at, at, at any available moment. I mean, I'm always ready to connect and willing to connect yes. and, because it's all about learning. And as a teacher, you know, I don't I don't want to ever stop learning. Um, because I feel like the day I stop learning as a teacher is the day I'm no longer relevant to my students. I I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Every educator needs to continue to learn. Always keep learning, keep growing, keep building your why and and see where it leads you. You never know where your teaching journey can lead. Absolutely. Dean, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was wonderful, wonderful, good conversations. Dean, before you uh, go, I know that I saw on Instagram, I think it was Instagram, that you have a new project out. Would you mind sharing some details about it? Maybe the why behind your project, what it is, and where we can find more information about it. Excellent. I love what you did there. The why behind the project. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I have recently published a play. Something different, right? Something different than a chapter book that we might normally be reading, but it's called Diversity, colon. It's not just about you. It's about us. And so the why behind that, obviously thinking about current events, thinking about the opportunities and even the need to be able to have conversations around diversity. I think if you ask somebody what their definition of diversity is, you're probably going to get many different definitions. Because it's be diverse, right? It's going to be a diverse def- set of definitions, and so having that conversation, I think, really opens the door to additional learning processes. And so, inside of this play, you're going to meet a character named Devin, and Devin is a middle school student who is an athlete, and he's very athletic in that particular that area of sports, that sort of thing. He plays many different types of sports. However, the school is having a variety show for the very first time. And uh, even though he's very athletic, he feels like he has nothing else to offer. Has He, he doesn't think he has anything of value that anybody else could mm. be able to, would be able to learn from. And so he feels a lot of pressure from his friends. And the reason why is because they're all participating. And so he would be the one that's not participating if he doesn't come up with something to do, but he can't figure out 
you know, what's due? Does he have any value? And so he has very supportive parents, his mom. He has a friend that really tries to inspire him as well. And but at the same time, he feels a, a little he doesn't feel exactly that he has something that is of value to share with anybody else. But something changes with him in the play. Something switches um, in the middle of the play. And I'm not going to spoil everything, but you will have to <laughs> read it to find out. But he does go through a change. And um, thinking about the title right, of the play, I think you kind of get the idea. So thinking about how the roles that we play and how we are so much better together. So check it out. It is definitely available on Amazon as well. And again, it's a play that you can sort of read and maybe even use in your classrooms. Thank you so much, Dean. You got it. I'm going to link to that in the show notes, friends, so you can check it out. Remember, the play is called Diversity. It's not just about you. It's about us. All right, friends, until next time, I'll see you next week on the Magic Podcast. there you have it, Edumagicians. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. For more Edumagic, check out sfesich.com and follow Dr. Sam on Twitter and Instagram at sfesich. Until next time, you have the Edumagic within you. Edumagic.